0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. This is the Plan Y Podcast. My name is Taryn.
1: And my name is Hannah.
0: And Hannah, what have you got for us today?
1: Well, we have a very special guest today from Close to Coffs Harbour, Australian. He is a musician, artist, he's building off grid but in more natural ways, and he's just like really into music and starting his own solo album, which will come out soon. Uh, So welcome everyone, Shay.
2: Hi guys, my name's Shay, and yeah, I am really, really honoured to be on the show with you guys. So thanks for the invite. Uh, Well, we're very happy to have you here. So tell us what you do, Shay. Mm -hmm. In the last five years, I changed my career because... There was a lot, a lot of labour-intensive stuff that wasn't good for me, and I've shifted over to music. And I wanted to go into my own direction with it, and it's taken a long time, and I'm kind of self-taught. and A, a lot of uh, other people were involved, which I do want to thank, because a lot of people had a lot of encouragement, small things along the way that helped. But uh, basically I'm bringing out a kind of an Australian hip-hop acoustic crossover. So yeah, like a cafe session. But Australian hip hop is kind of more a positive, encouraging style of writing, whereas American hip hop tends to be a little, little more rough. So that side, and also just sort of working with other musicians, other soloists, to be able to travel and do what I love on the road. That's, That's amazing. Amazing.
0: So what did you do before? Like, what did you? How did you come to this realization that you wanted to have a big change? Well, I had some medical stuff pop up, an
2: autoimmune condition that did actually sort of happen later on in life, and I was in construction, and I was also in youth work at one point, but when I did sort of speak to a few friends, and also my eldest daughter a couple of years ago especially, and she asked what I wanted to do, it was music. So I have tried a lot of things, and I've had a great opportunity to try things out, and I'm good at some, I guess, but I really, really have a passion for music. so... I figured I'd just follow it and see where it lands. And you were completely
0: self-taught, you say?
2: Uh, Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I used to actually teach uh, a bit of a youth work sort of side. I was a mentor for teaching Australian hip-hop production and lyrics, song appreciation, song analysis and other things like that uh, but that was like over a decade ago so instead of doing it for others I wanted to do it with myself I guess. So I'll be bringing covers as well as my own stuff um, today we're going to do a performance a quick performance for you guys with Miles, who's my little offsider at the moment. I, I <laughs> rather... Hi Miles. <laughs> <laughs> so together, I might just do a quick little uh, thing before he takes off and uh, show you guys a bit of the hip-hop side that sort of comes out.
1: Yeah, so much looking like forward to
2: it. Guys, so this is a, a song called Pripyat by The Seth Century. It's one that I've just been playing with lately. There's a cover. Obscure cover. Anyway, I just kind of like the roll on it and no, the lyrics. Wrote some fun guitar. So solo, just in
3: case I don't get to record a thing with Miles. Says Sentry's Pripyat acoustic solo. goes through the raindrops drops ice to frozen train stops a- But it is a love letter My ex has sent me I'm barely here no more I'm barely here no more My mind is real and like a cinema About city citizens Sitting here smoking cigarettes Cynical people talk of me Pity my mind's a pretty ass Of mine, so just excuse me. I switch reels and it gets me affection fake are inclusive, that's why they keep trying to tell me that I'm inclusive. There's no more moon. Wait, which world was I born to? I'm confused. Just walk through to that courtroom in lawsuits, then walk out with the tall tales that twist turn and courts to explore the for fame, favor, and fortune. And they pollute you with false data and. We Flavoured exhaust fumes, it's all crazy, this whole place is a powder keg with a short fuse. I see them all smiling politely and shaking their heads like a piggy bank. I've that smile right back at them already, I know I'm in prepared. Something so sudden and terrible happened. Most buildings are cracked and the pain on the front of them peels and they're all filled with possessions or left behind or frozen in time—a closely reminder that in the end, nothing material matters. I don't feel like I should even explain this. The worn-out ruins of my headspace, and I still run just to just escape. You can see by the blank face when I stand there waiting for the train. Strange look, watch as so. I just fade.
1: amazing, gives me Byron Bay vibes, it gives me Byron Bay vibes, like as if I'm on holiday, so relaxed.
2: It's very similar, like a lot of my music was in Byron for a while, I've got a lot of my friends there that I, I learnt off by jamming with them basically, so big props to the Byron crew, they know who they are, there's a lot of, <laughs> oh, yeah, in another town doing this similar things. so I've got, yeah a lot of people similar doing similar things i'm so just trying to i guess uh bring it forward a bit quicker than what i usually would well
1: it's kind of the law um, of yeah. attraction or vibration that you attract the things that you want into your life right and like if you're positive and just follow this specific road these people will just get into your
2: life i agree i mean shape ourselves in a way by who we surround ourselves with because I mean the goals and aspirations are going to obviously resonate with us whether they reach for them or whether they hide for them or hide from them so yeah I do
0: agree actually and how did you two find each other like because you said I, I had <laughs> two or three in your group like did you just run into each other one day or
1: drinking under oh, yeah, the, the hostel wine? roof <laughs> wine good no, actually no,
0: i um, busking on the
2: street, and I was looking for someone to basically busk with, and the best way to find someone to busk with is look for people actually busking. So I cool. think there's actually three or four of us in town that get together fairly regularly and cross That's over. Cool. And we see a thing, we just stop and get the instrument out of the car and play. And I decided to do the event, and I just thought I'd you know, get a few people on board that have got enthusiasm. I mean, it doesn't really take intelligence to learn. It takes enthusiasm as well. I mean, you can be smart, but you've got to actually have the drive and passion. So, yeah, I'm doing sure. it. I've in and sort of got on board. And Miles and I have just been practicing all week, sort of on and off. So, there's a big variety of stuff that we've got. He's actually jazz mainly as well. And he'll jump on and do rhythm as well. So, nice. it's a very show of, I don't know, jazz, hip-hop, soul. Uh, very,
0: yeah, very chill. Very smooth, apparently, very smooth. We get them a lot, they're very smooth. <laughs> 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 when you find other buskers, is that like almost by chance? Or like do you sort of know where and when to look? Is there like a schedule that
2: anyone follows? follow Well, for, for buskers, I mean, coming to Australia, we do have a lot of regulations. Because um, I know a lot of musicians do come to Australia to form. And in a lot of cases, we do like to follow these regulations. So you just go to your council and they'll give you a map of where you can busk. So there's spots in every town where you're allowed to busk. So you can keep an eye out to know that they'll be there. Otherwise, if you go to a backpackers and you pull out an instrument, I... Like, it's kind of like a moth and a light.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> they they yeah no, I believe <laughs> that and as well. Much, and, I mean, being up front and walking over and saying, "Hey, can we play some music?" It's usually the other part is try and reach out to them. So it kind of helps because a lot of uh, musicians and artists are introverts as well. So yeah, hard to bring them out of their shell sometimes.
0: Yeah, so you almost have to make the first move quite often. By the sounds of it. You have to go up, introduce nice. yourself, and say, "Let's." It also makes sense that you get lots of uh, musical introverts. I suppose you more often meet the extroverts because they're it's just in their nature anyway. It is true. That's very true.
2: We do meet the extroverts, but we also switch with that as artists. I find where artists can be introverted and extroverted depending on what day you catch them with. Yeah, on
0: that's what very
2: true. Is there and even they don't like coping with the emotional roller coaster that can be the artist, but understanding it can help. So it's kind of, you know, yeah. one of the things we do down here as a group was to understand that we are a little bit more emotional, I guess, sometimes, or, you know, write bigger highs and lows sometimes as well, but it comes with the territory.
0: Yeah, of course. So yeah. which instrument did you decide to learn first, and how did you pick a first instrument?
2: I was actually under the age of 10 writing poetry and lyrics, and I was at, also under the age of 10, we had an old piano. And I started playing some, just whatever I could find, books and trying to read music and teach myself how to just get it from the paper to the keys. That's and so cool. And I, I always carried a guitar, but I've only played guitar for a few years and vocals for a few years, really. So it's kind of complicated, but I wanted to play it all at once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really <hard>. man. <laughs> now, after a few years, I played it all at once and it's really liberating, actually. So... But it is for anyone that is trying, it's all about as far as you know, most of us agree, I guess, how much time you put into it. It's not just about, you know, the rest of it. You've got to put those hours in like anything else to get fluent at it.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Not just only music because but you were just like traveling a lot as well. You worked in different countries, right? Is it like something as well I, that I, inspires I, you a lot when you write your music?
2: I definitely one of the bigger things for me. Travel. I have a lot of opportunity to bump into people like you, Hannah, and a lot. You know, small inspiration in in anyone's eyes can be big inspiration in someone else's. And a lot of my friends were doing their passions on the road and feeling their way through, but also had that same goal to do it on the road as a living, as a good option. So for me, I love travel, and I do have it as a lifestyle for a lot of reasons, Uh, not just the obvious. Um, but for me it's the music and travel is interesting, that's where I learn a lot as well. Uh, I bumped into internationals and Australians in all sorts of genres, with all sorts of instruments, in all sorts of ways actually, like even when I bumped into you up in Brisbane, I believe, was it? Yeah, I was in Brisbane. Well, do you remember one of the taller guys, who's an American from, uh, from uh, South Virginia, did you meet that guy? I oh, have no idea. He was actually Banjo player, there. This is a great idea. While I was just there in one night, he's a banjo player from where I'd been in the states. Bought a guitar from just over the state in oh. Virginia, and that's where we, you know, resonated. But then no, he told me he was going on an aid trip to go and help another country because no one else was helping him, and it was all off the record. And he was sneaking in with medical supplies. He was packing wow. sort of in the morning. Wow. Stuff like that is on my Instagram at the start, and you'll see him play a little bit of banjo and fiddle, but his story's up oh, there roughly.
1: And I, things like that really I check him out, definitely. I
2: get to go and see and meet these people, and they're beyond, beyond humble, I
0: guess, sometimes as well. It's really beautiful.
1: Amazing.
0: And how do you find, do you go busking in his other countries as well? Because that's got to be a whole like journey in itself.
2: For me, I've only played, like, the stuff that I was doing in the States, I would class as really good music work. I did do work, construction work, in both areas, though. But when I was in Thailand for a little while in a duo, we did do a lot of getting, but we didn't do a lot of busking. See, some areas, like America, would be good for busking in some ways, but you've also got to look at, I guess, a lot of local laws as well as the country, because each now it's got their own what they feel about musicians on the street so no not not yet but I'm looking forward to it I've got a, a lot of friends and a lot of different countries that have invited me to come and play so yeah mm-hmm. and you said you
0: were gigging across Thailand though
2: oh uh, yeah we did actually get invited over to play a wedding from here and uh, wow. it kind of, basically I managed this or we managed this but I was acting management on that one and uh, I went in and we spoke to a few other restaurants when we landed and showed him what we had and i decided to see if we could get regular gigs as well and you won't earn anywhere near as much money in other countries half the time doing it but it's just no, of like when you're in easy, when you travel you can't help but play music <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing
0: so kind of though
2: yeah it is beautiful like it was a pretty you know interesting journey that's for sure very interesting <laughs> but i'm looking forward and- to peru learn and then go to rio um, after a couple of stops in between and Yeah, really see some actually be involved in some of the music in their own countries instead of just seeing it brought over here as well. Uh, Because a lot of my friends are, they get into a lot of rhythm with me are Brazilians. So I've been looking at working a bit of maracatu as well in drumming, which has been very interesting. So yeah, basically, rhythm is one section I focus on. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like hobbies, guys. Some people collect
0: stamps and coins, I collect instruments and like to learn their entire history, I guess. I mean, that's pretty sick. And yes, you ma'am. were telling us before um, we started the recording about going to Peru. I'd love to, to you to tell our listeners as well a little bit more about it, as to why you're going.
2: So I play Cajon no, and Carbone, uh, depending on you know which tongue you speak from that area. And it's originally Peruvian drum box, so it's a timber percussion, and I use it with a bit of kicks. So I kind of you know do more of a culturally acceptable thing in Australia with it. Uh, However, over there, they do a lot of very heavy, heavy sort of uh, drumming together. And I want to go over there because I do make them and teach it as well as play it. So I wanted to go and basically curl into a little village for a couple of weeks at some stage and see if I can learn how to make it from someone who has got the skills from, yeah, the original side. And then I feel like... It must be something that you're
1: really looking forward to. I mean, learning it like... Right in this country, being like surrounded by the energies, that must be so inspirational.
2: It is, it is. I mean, it's very motivational too. But I do have a lot of things to tackle while you know, in between before I get there. Mm-hmm. And when I do get there, though, I do want to be able to sort of yeah contribute to wherever I am with a bit of construction stuff as well, and me doing what I'm doing on the other side, which is a little off grid, self sufficient. Um, Living situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually nestled into a rainforest and working with a lot of timber at the moment as well, and doing a lot of uh, organic sort of things out there, uh, gardening wise, land care, and just trying to change a lifestyle so something is comfortable for me. Um, but at the same time, that's where it crosses over for the Peruvian side is it's a very timberish kind of journey. So. Yeah, I'm kind of living in my own little paradise before I go and visit them.
1: Yeah, you saw, you showed me a video. It looks, like, so relaxing, so cool, like, really.
2: It is amazing, but, like, even two nights ago, I tried to help get a Stephen's banded python, which a uh, Stevens banded snake, sorry, which is a moderately deadly snake in Australia <laughs> out of my neighbour's place. But we just removed one from my place three days ago. That'll be up on Instagram in the next couple of days. I've got a little film of that guy <laughs> when we yeah, oh so it's no an only you guys know it's a beautiful place, but it's dangerous.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> We've been joking about that today when we're talking about foreigners in Australia. It's, it's amazing how they think they can just cuddle a koala. It's, it's not, a, not a good thing, guys. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: they are cute, though. They are <laughs> so cute. Especially, actually, down in Newcastle, there's a really good koala park. Oh, really? Yeah. I've always wanted to go to the Steve Irwin Park. Um, But it's just in the middle of nowhere, I find, and very expensive. But it is on the list. It's something I will achieve. It was like a a hero when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, actually, me too. The way I grew up, I was around a lot of water and bush and other ways growing up around nature, so... His passing hit Australia very hard, actually. he's a very good representative for Australia to so a fair, fair, fair degree. I mean, Australians don't just tackle crocodiles, guys. <laughs> um, he was a really, really good spokesperson for the conservation of the nature side here, for sure. Mm. But Wendham Plains Zoo down in Dubbo is probably the best one that I've seen. It's, it's a massive space that everything does get a lot of space for what it would
0: usually have in the wild. That's good. So, you know, we do and have space is... over here. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So tell me... Um... Because this is something that would concern me if I was doing what you're doing. Like, It must be quite unstable in terms of like getting paid and things like that. Yeah, yeah. How do you keep your head above the water, I suppose?
2: Well, that's where say Georgia for example that was just with us as you know she's got her second job Miles does as well and I do similar luckily I've had a lot of experience working for myself and I've got a lot of construction history with what I do I can kind of just make do quite easily from job to job if I need to but it's also I guess that thing about musicians the joke about us going poor is kind of Realistic, I guess, some days, but it's like anything that you start. If you start at the beginning of any business, and it is a business for me as well as a passion, I do keep separation. But any business needs a good year or two of no income and just building. Mm -hmm. So, in between, it's really have that second job, and music does take a second priority to that, unfortunately, sometimes. But for me, I'm kind of over that side where I do get a few personal gigs in between, so private parties, things like that, Miles and I bus, so but cool. I mean, some days it's good, some days it isn't, we actually just do it for fun, uh, catch up with friends in the street.
0: Yeah, I suppose uh, it's just performing a hobby.
2: Yeah, and, and then the other thing is that, you know, I do get offers to go and uh, play in other bands, so, um, you know, as a guitarist fairly recently, a vocalist a couple of months ago, and that is also a paid slot, so you can just sort of jump in with what you know and, jump out, and until so you can actually just be on your own doing what you want to do. Personally, I would love to do just solo, but not forever. I'll be going into other stuff too, but it's only because I haven't had an opportunity doing solo yet, but most to end up in a band and then end up doing something else, like as the general Australian sort of, you know, so thing goes. Yeah, so is that the grand goal? There is yeah. a grand goal, Taryn. Um, I've done a lot with my life, and I've achieved a hell of a lot more than I'm going to stay in brief interview. And I'm really content with that. So I'm actually basically just aiming at traveling, playing music in general. Um, So I do show up and do open mics and host them. And I've hosted quite a few of those in my time actually as well. Um, And just do teaching as well. So it's a kind of a whole spectrum. So income when you ask, for example, and keeping me busy will be building kahun's, practicing with miles possibly jump into a band in between if I've got time, organise an event, showcase a few people, and then travel out and go busking and gigging and all of that side as well. So it's a very upside-down lifestyle compared to what most people work, but it can be fitted into what I'd call a logical routine. So it does actually work the same way. It's just... uh when we said having two different jobs, that's where it conflicts because when you're on that cusp of crossover, you either dedicate to being a musician and risking broke again or you jump onto your job and wonder if you'll jump on it again next week or the month or the year after. So for me, I, I guess, you know, I'm I'm kind of enjoying just cruising through it. Traveling I do notice I do make a lot more Logoski. So
1: So inspiring that you actually follow your dreams. I know we talked about that before, but like there's so many people out there that just living in a nine to five job and are like not just happy with it. And it's like just so amazing to actually meet people who are so determined on following their dreams and making their life work the way they always dreamed of it. And it's like this is like such a positive message that I also love to talk about and like, as well that, you know, bringing out your own solo album, that's like so great and amazing and inspiring. And yeah, maybe you want to tell us a little bit more about the whole process of that and when it comes out.
2: Definitely. Um, at the moment I did have plans of traveling and recording it on the road. I had some people lined up, but they got sent home because of COVID that that sucked. Um, and, It kind of flips the plans where I'm sort of going to be doing a bit local and some myself but I'm actually going to be separating a little bit. So there will be a lot of media for everyone to watch as well. Like with the change in social media and all of the other side and how we use it as musicians, I am disagreeing with parts of it, but I want to change some parts for how I use it. So I'll be releasing a lot of videos before I do the album of live stuff because I play guitar on my lap as one of one part of the show and do percussion at the same time and I'll probably leak a video for that one out pretty soon anyway because I've got some new stuff so with that it's a lot nicer to see how it's being played as well hence the live that I'm doing you know live releases that I'm doing before I actually do the recorded releases and as for the album I mean it's all good in theory I guess to say album but it's kind of going to be a few singles on Spotify first and Break into that realm, and also kind of because I've got a lot of genres, I'm actually thinking about starting a few different platforms for different uh, genres of music mm. that I'll be releasing anyway. So yeah, there will be some stuff that I can get support from uh, followers and whatnot financially, obviously, and sell a song. But a lot of it's going to be just free media for people that want to learn and mm. basically just watch and watch and learn that way. The same other people, same way that other people were doing on the road as well. And um, yeah. And I mean, that is that part of the travel that I loved. And mainly it was the inspiration of, you know, you get a lot of people in the same room and they're all enthusiastic and passionate. And something's bound to happen. It's going to be cool, guys. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, like, I mean, to talk more about the following the dream side or following or trying to forge a dream of any sort is are you willing to break a routine of comfort and be uncomfortable for a while to be a bit more comfortable? It's really a simple thing for me in aspect from my point of view but other people do have trouble getting over that I guess when they've been in a routine for a long time yeah but it is that I feel it's you know only fail if you don't try realistically
1: yeah but so that way it. you grow as well you know if you go out of your comfort zone and do like something different to what you're used to doing you grow and you get better at things and I think like as well that you By just following your dreams and meeting people, you inspire them as well, maybe to think about it as well and change their life and follow their own dreams as well.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And it's like, I think it was Thomas Edison. Was it Thomas Edison? I'm sure it was. He said, I haven't failed. I found 10,000 ways that didn't work when he was trying to invent the light bulb. That sounds very much like how I do things,
2: but my my mentors or teachers usually get frustrated with me, and half of them are usually friends, which is even more awkward. <laughs> I at myself and just kind of screw things up every now and then before I do it the way that they say is the right way. But that is because there are a lot of ways to do things. Growth does come from a lot of things. I mean, and like we said, being in a out of our comfort zone, just even briefly, can be a realistic sort of snap to how much we have an opportunity
0: to grow. Yeah. So, trying new things it doesn't hurt to try new things
1: yeah definitely
0: and one of those things obviously creating new instruments how did you get into that because that's like a whole different realm of creativity as well
2: I'm not going to lie, it was a very simple thing um, at the start mm-hmm. where I had people give me broken guitars and I was a tradesman and I had a little workshop downstairs and I just enjoyed fixing guitars. So I'd fix oh. them or modify them for them and this is before I could play guitars. So I kind of learnt about the whole timber side of how construction yeah. worked before I got to play it and then... I reached from Guitars and I worked on a few other little bits and pieces, refelted a few pianos and uh, a few repairs on that just for fun to learn and YouTube, of course, and a few other you know, online Google searches can actually be really easy to learn from, you don't know, necessarily need a full course in some things. And I guess it's just a passion too, that anything that I usually have, i like to know how it works, I guess, so very involved in that uh, design side of most things.
0: I think that's incredible. I think there's so many people who wouldn't even even think to do something like that. Well, I suppose that's just um, who you are as a person shines through. Actually, I think the journey itself was
2: I was willing to make a big change and I did have the support from the people that I really did want the support from, which was only a handful um, that knew that I wasn't having a midlife crisis or anything. I was willing <laughs> to do things my way and to, for a change had some confidence in taking my own steps forward with it. And after I did, I kind of realised that anyone can write their own version of what they want their life to be as long as it's realistic and doesn't hurt other people along the way. And if your intention's right, you'd be surprised how easy it is. That's it's just, an important yeah, message, I guess. you're out to learn and grow. You know, like if you're out to make money, you tend to meet other people out to make money and get a little crowded if it's your only focus. But if you're out to learn and grow, you usually find other musicians that will, or other people on that similar journey that will actually encu- encourage and inspire as well. It is also just putting a heart on sleeve every now and then too. I mean, don't hide and shy away all the time and have a bit of confidence in what you do because who else is going to stand behind you if you don't? Be true.
1: That's so true.
3: Because so you have
2: to be the first one to lead if you're going to have those words too. It's a big thing for me is the words that I am putting out sooner. Obviously, going to be pretty detailed and I'm pretty analytical, so <laughs> it's kind of living by those words is a hard part, and that's where the big journey really has started. Is a lot of things that I, you know, stand for and believe in and have followed and tried to do. It's it's really hard to follow us sometimes and hard to stand by your words, but it's gratifying. So it's, it's a bit of a toss up. <laughs>
1: but it's also so great to see that you're trying out new things i remember that you sent me a video where you were in this room where the acoustic was like amazing and like the sound it was like something completely different to what i've ever heard yeah
2: i don't know if you have heard me play it um Brisbane up there, but I did similar up in Brisbane while mm-hmm. I was there. I was sneaking to stairwells and playing guitar and singing with random people that decided that they just wanted to come and play just because we wanted to hear how much it resonates or how much it doesn't or just what it sounds like. It's kind of a, a fascination, I guess, for Musos and soundies sound engineers crossing over. So but yeah, it's it's definitely been an adventure with that side
0: actually. I think I've played in caves and all sorts of That's weird Fun. <laughs> that's amazing so what do you do i want to talk about um when you have a bad day when you're stuck and struggle where do you turn for inspiration what gets you going through like the harder times i suppose bad days are brought on medically a lot
2: if anything because i do miss out i have to you know basically be a bit more bed bound so to speak at times and i can't really uh Function for you know certain stretches, but we won't go into too much of that. Okay, and that's but when it gets me down I do turn to the music. That's one of the reasons I picked up my guitar is it's actually a very therapeutic way for me to counsel myself So a lot of the things that you you know, can't even say it's just feelings of frustration or anything like that come out in music and They just come out as a bit of a plucking sort of guitar song and yeah, it kind of helps but uh, otherwise, inspiration is actually a lot of people that I met on the trip. Like I said, smaller things like even just this show, knowing that we sat in you know Brisbane down there at the backpackers and talked about this sort of thing, and I'm stoked that it started. You guys are doing really well with it, and things like that, mm-hmm. seeing you achieve what you're doing is actually inspiring for me as well. And I think that that's a big part of it. Is I just can get in contact with a lot of people that I've inspired, and you know, tell them I've had a bad day, or A lot of the time, just, it pops up. I mean, you know, get out and just get out and about into nature, I
0: guess.
2: Yeah. Back into town and see a few friendly faces.
1: That's so amazing. But I feel like, like, your whole journey is, like, so inspiring. Like, you did so many things. You also worked in America for a while and you've been to Thailand, working around Australia. Like, you really lived life already and, like, Met so many people from all over the world and got the inspiration from so many different stages of your life and now you're putting it into music for everyone to hear. and I think that's like really, really amazing.
2: Oh, thank you. And it it's it has been, yeah, really, really amazing for me. Like it is like living a dream a lot of the time. We were talking about that. There is a lot of a lot of behind the scenes work that goes in. You do meet a lot of false egos. You meet a lot of people that want to use you for their own, you know gain in yeah. some ways, but you do actually end up, I think, you know, finding your own pattern way and it is like living a bit of a dream. But I still, like I said, there's always those other bad days where I've got to put a guitar down and go and uh, do some other work that I don't really want to do for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, even here and there. And those other days where, you know, you've done that for a while and wonder, you know, you really want to go and pick the guitar up again. But then I think that I'm just drawn to it. It's kind of a thing that I know drawn to it, I'm just not going to uh, stop myself from doing it anymore, I guess.
1: You said as well that you inspired your daughter, too, to get into the music business, or at least that she's inspired very much by music, thanks well, to... Well. You.
2: Actually, got a lot more vocal training than me. My eldest and my youngest as well is a bit into music, but a bit more into the skating because I do a bit of longboard uh, skating as well, longboard dancing. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'll release a video on that on Instagram as well. We're doing that next week before I put the board down for a little while and just focus on music and uh, a few things. But uh, yeah, my my daughter was my biggest inspiration. Um, one song that I'll be releasing was written with her. Oh years wow. Ago. Uh, she was actually beside me just after she was born when I was writing it. And um, so that song is finally going to get released after a decade. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that back. There's some really, really nice words in that one. And I think because I was doing youth work and I was uh, involved in that side and teaching young kids, sort of, well, young teens and all that, how to do what they were doing, um, she was inspired by that side as well. So it's not just the music that she's involved in. She's a, a little leader. And uh, I think that her sister's going to be very similar as well um, with what she does as well. So it's kind of why I'm reading, like we spoke about, I guess, uh, at one point there, was that I'm trying to lead by example as well. So you can't just encourage your children and say, yes, you can be a singer if, you know, you're not believing it truly. And in my case, I just kind of thought I'd pave the way first to see if they mm-hmm. want to walk into it. <laughs>
1: They're
2: I love very support. Like I love them to death. And, uh, yeah, yeah sort of can't wait for them to
0: or well, can't wait to see them actually do their thing on stage
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and also you keep mentioning um your instagram if people want to follow what is your instagram uh, uh
2: s-h-a-e-s underscore music underscore and underscore travels so shades music and travels
1: well you're definitely link that as well
2: yeah, yeah definitely that'd be that'd be great and i was going to give you guys a shout out the uh the sites who's a lot of people that are uh Quite interested in what's happening at the moment. Oh, amazing. Oh, thank you very much. We well, appreciate it. be one of travellers, and this uh, podcast is giving them a good opportunity to sort of get a bit more of a grip on the other side of travel, not the side you read in brochure, but other first-hand accounts on what can happen travelling, how to work, or how to yeah. do anything travelling. A lot of people haven't left their own town in some cases. Yeah, true. Oh, thank
0: you. We're just trying to do do our best. Just share some of our own experiences, I suppose. Oh, that's been entertaining, trust me. I've had.
2: I'll drop to, be <laughs> 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 oh, I've had to just my stories as well because we all know there's those stories we can tell on our public, but there's other ones we shouldn't tell. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> well we I'm added honest. a few stories already out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: my face.
2: this podcast later for the over 18s yeah that's true what <laughs> could go wrong eh? Oh, nothing ever goes wrong <laughs> that's so true just like traveling <laughs> yeah no nothing could ever go wrong in another country where you don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I, th- I think i've had my fair share of a few things like that too so call it travel hazing Travel
1: hazing. <laughs> well we're already talking about traveling like what was, like, your weirdest or funniest stories while you were traveling? Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> that you can't say. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually
2: a country. Mainly the States. I have to say the States was pretty epic. Um, no specific real stories or anything, but it was a bunch of things, like walking into a Mexican restaurant for the first time with a mariachi band, and I realized I could just beat a domino okay. and a dish, and they'll keep playing songs, and obviously it happened. I just kept putting money in the guitar, just, please keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then just sort of cruise through San Francisco and actually get to skate on the street and I put my board to the ground and right in front of the police officer and ask them, is it okay to skate? And they laugh at me like I'm an idiot. Like <laughs> I'm <laughs> In Australia, you can get in some trouble for like skating in certain areas. Oh, I didn't know that. You just go for it. Just go and skate everywhere. And I'm so, oh, I'm in heaven. <laughs> Virginia, a lot of fireworks. Um, i not going to put an entire state down on
0: public. <laughs>
2: um, but, yeah, I mean, big trucks. So it was pretty surreal for me. Like, it's a very sort of uh, a few moments over there with some friends that were very just loose uh, in a good way and relaxed and started learning how to travel and relax, I guess, over there. Um, Thailand is kind of a lot of ups and downs. Anything involved with music is always got some sort of story. Way too many of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I should probably leave those stories out of it for now. We might get together later and uh, talk about them. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah. What about what, what you Is there anything that stands out for you two that, you
0: know, So like one of those strange moments that happens? There was a... Um... I mean, There's good and bad. To give a bad one, I remember the first time I went to Thailand, I did a full moon party because I am a basic tourist. Um, (laughs) And I I was 18. And so um, I actually did the first one. I don't remember at all. Um, I'm sure it was a wonderful evening. Um, The second one I was like, I'm going to make sure that I remember this one. And so I had Red Bulls, but not like normal Red Bulls, like the Thai original Red Bulls, the Red Bull that Red Bull was stolen from, basically. Um, I think it's called Crunch, I can't remember what it's called. I know um, the one you're
2: talking about, it's a funny little can, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so um, when the bloke who invented Red Bull went over to Thailand, found that, literally went, a miracle, take this, um, and set his own up with basically the same logo. Um, I don't actually know how he got away with it, but he did. Um, But anyway, so I had like eight of those. And I was like a small kid if you'd just eaten, like, a bag of sugar, um, oh, which was man. great for, like, the high. And then I just, like, crashed. And I was on the beach. I was like, what am I doing? Jeez. That's what I know.
2: Outside your own country is a different regulation for even content of sugar and caffeine and things. And I didn't realize That's that at so first. True. So it definitely yes. hit me pretty much. <laughs> I'm <I mean> like, <laughs> I am really, really
1: shocked if you outside. order, like, a smoothie. Um, in an Asian country, that they put sugar in it. Like, when someone told me, like, you need to say that you want it without sugar because you, they ate sugar to it, because, like, I mean, why? Like, fruits are already have sugar, like, naturally.
2: I thought you were going a, a whole
0: different direction. Don't, don't.
2: You've got to know local customs. Like, in Thailand, you guys should know that you don't actually just ask for meat, you should probably ask for beef. Otherwise, you might get to eat bison that's 40 years old. people people that, that one. Um, you know, be careful of certain things that you eat. So I kind of went veggie as much as possible.
0: I think I think also very much helps if you speak the language. I think there's so many um, situations that I could have been in if I just listened better, um, and <laughs> especially when someone speaks Spanish. Especially like being vegetarian, I'd be like, uh, sin carne, uh, sin pollo, and then they turn up when it's like chicken on it, and I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, sin carne, sin carne. And I'm like, no. Yeah, it's true. It's Mm -hmm. very true, actually. But, I mean, there is enough that you can learn to get by in most of these countries. For sure. I think once you've been out there a week, the struggle, I think we've talked about this at some point before, is always um, learning by speaking out there. Because lots of the time, um, as soon as you try and speak, for example, Thai in Thailand, they just speak back to you in English anyway. And so it's really trying to get past that barrier. I found that if I try to speak Thai and I've
2: got some sort of... Fluency with it, they would encourage it, but they will definitely try and help you with it. But mm-hmm. they'll see you frustrated. And speak English pretty quickly because we do embarrass ourselves a lot. They <laughs> yeah, <I'm language>. sure. <laughs> have a tonal language, guys. Very tonal. <laughs> That's so Very
0: language,
2: I do want to learn more of it, but um, I'm rusty because it has been a while since I've been there, and I kind of yeah. I guess like you said, if you're around those people speaking, it, it becomes second nature, and you learn mm-hmm. it well. So music and me. I'm around a lot of musicians, incidentally and accidentally. And uh, <laughs> I speak that language now for a bit. But uh, yeah, I, I similar in Peru, that's what I was hoping to do. Is, uh, I'll learn here with some friends back when I've actually booked everything, confirmed, and then just kind of learn a lot of it over there by camping out with one of my friends over there who's already offered to sort of put me onto a good school when I land and just go into a week of, uh, or two of being a primary school student in another... That would be cool. Yeah, I've done it with a few different things, like just to learn basics on languages, but never really followed a language through yet, so I think I'll try this with... Would you then produce music in Spanish? Well, that's what I was thinking of doing. There is uh, quite a few artists that I follow, especially Australian hip hop artists. Uh, A couple of them do actually do a verse in another language as well. And uh, there is a big crossover there I was hoping to do. I I love the language, both Portuguese and Spanish to listen to, but I will probably end up learning Portuguese. Um, The main reason I say that is just because uh, I'm going to go and do something historical in a way, you know, like something that is involved in history. And because the Spanish did take over that area, it's a bit more respectful for me to go and learn the original language before I learn the other language if I'm going to approach older people that Mm -hmm. you know, gonna share secrets with them that, you know, they don't usually give to other people. So Brazilian friend of mine gave me some sound advice with that is you know, you're not gonna get any info or learn anything out of locals and small towns over there unless you are respectful and the areas that I'm looking at going to are mainly Peru. Sort of, sort of backgrounds that are, uh, yeah, maybe Portuguese. So sort of in some of the areas. So, but that's the c- contradiction. If I learn one language or the other, I'm pretty sure they'll speak the other language.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like need to start at some point, I guess.
0: Yeah, well that's true. No, very true. Learn all the languages, and then you're sorted. I have to. Music.
2: I just figured if I learn all genres of music, everyone's. To music, so i technically I've learned all languages, right? That's, that's very true. true. That's yeah, I never thought true. about no, that. There no, is no thought or logic behind that, guys, okay? No thought or logic behind
0: that one. <laughs> no, I actually think that's entirely true because everyone can. You can listen to a song and it doesn't matter if you don't understand the words. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, and you can just yeah, kind of true. understand the emotion awesome. of the song.
0: Mm, a love song is a love song in every country in the world. That's very true. So very true, actually. You can
2: actually hear it, in, uh, even if you don't speak the language or never have, you can actually hear it, I think, when they, they sing that it is a lot of songs. So, oh. yeah.
1: yeah, I remember actually the other day, um, when I was with friends from the Netherlands, we were listening to a Dutch song, and I just understand a bit of Dutch, but like more like the dialect close to where I live. And then they were singing yeah. something, and I just like understood a few words, and I recognized that it was like a song about like kind of heartbreak, like how would you react when I stay in front of you? And you kind of understood it with actually understanding it, you know? It's like yeah. never thought about that, but that's so true.
2: I have to say, like from a writer's perspective, my real challenge that I wanted to um, write other songs in other languages for this because of the fact that I have a new palette and a new whole group of words that I can use, rhyme and alliteration and all those beautiful poetic techniques that you use in a song on a whole different level, because what rhymes in English or Australian even doesn't rhyme in other languages, so you can actually write so much more stuff, it's like you've got an open palette. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah,
1: I feel as well like with writing it's the same like in another language, like for example when I poetry I prefer to write it in English because in a way like these words kind of I can express it more in English than in German but because then when in German there's like too much kind of in my head and I feel as well that sometimes you just can't translate things in another language because the meaning would be different or like in another language there is more power behind words and it's not something that you could express maybe in a different language and I think like words are in general like so powerful and like it's the same with sayings you know they like for example we got told in school um an English saying it's raining cats and dogs like this is not something that you would say in Germany if that makes sense um but you,
2: don't say any words the Germans. you guys take it all literally I actually <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I said to him that there is more, one, more than one way to skin a cat. Because that's a very and he was horrified and looked at me. And I, was like, oh, and I was trying to say to him, it's not that I'm going to skin a cat. I mean, I don't like cats, but I'm going to skin a cat. He said, well, you don't like cats? Do you want to kill cats? No, mate, it's... <laughs> You guys are very literal on the road sometimes. It's like, I meet some really, really cool Germans and every now and then I'm like, oh, this should be fun. Gotta explain this one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but and that's English what I'm saying. what you guys are saying
1: too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so powerful, language, and if you really speak it, like the example you just gave, you kind of understand the culture a bit better as well. Because, like, with sayings and all stuff like that, it's also kind of a way of expressing the culture that is behind it.
2: And learning, like, at home a comfortable space once again is one thing but when you go out into any town in australia for sure or in other places as well we have like a local language or colloquial language or slang you know so we've got our own terms and our own ways of saying things in a local area that we all understand like surfers will talk a lot about and refer to a lot of things about the water because they're still thinking about the surf at work but if you go inland the country boys will talk all about cows and use metaphors about cows Mm. and Actually, you find that that actually helps you when you travel is you're learning all of those other ways to talk about you know the like we said every other way to learn something as well as that other one way that we're told in society sometimes is the only way so so yeah it's really kind of learning in person for me is a really big thing interpersonal things like that as well um obviously online great but we all carry that online thing in our pockets and so maybe prioritize yeah. the internal side and then refer back to that later can help but yeah, I, definitely. I, I differently, too. I mean, I'm, I'm 36, so I grew sort of through my teens when phones were coming in. So I don't really care about social media as much as other people, to be blunt. Um, I don't see it as a bigger tool. I, I see it as a tool, but not a very big tool because I grew up without it. So there is a breakaway for that for me. I kind
0: of, yeah, did a lot of offline learning, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the way forward. I think um, we are moving closer and closer just to a world where people just stare at their phones.
1: Yeah, I, that's so true. So sad. So um,
0: I used to love, and um, I always lose my phone when I go traveling. It's like my thing. Um, I don't know why. I'm just a dick when it comes to looking after it. I do it daily. And I lose my phone. Uh, it's so, uh, and I love it. When I went through South America and Central America, I think I lost my phone like within the first week. And then I bought one somewhere in like Bolivia, and I lost that within a week. But so for like most of my trip, I had, I had, I always keep my laptop with me. Which, but like when you're traveling, you can go for days without having like decent Wi-Fi signal. So I wasn't in contact with anyone. I was like in my mind off the grid. I never had to worry about anything, and it was just really free. Um, and I always take, because I know that I'm rubbish with phones, I have like one of those old iPods. I think it's yep, like yep. second generation iPod mini, which are the best iPods in the world. Still works with like 10 hours <laughs> to this day. Probably the best thing Apple's ever made. And I just <laughs> love doing <it laughs> that. Yeah, awesome. yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so make sure you guys... <laughs> um, but like, um, But I found that not having a phone while you're traveling is just honestly one of the most amazing things. And it's just so relaxing. Um, it's hard and then it, for some people, but it is very liberating, isn't it? I think after a week, I think you get used to it. The only problem is um, now I find myself far more reliant on things like Google Maps. Before, you used yeah. to be quite happy to ask people where to go. Now, I'm just like, mm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a male. I, I kind of like getting lost and then asking people. I'm pretty stubborn. Actually, so, <laughs> I can go for a drive and decide I'll make a journey on it. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. And there's this new thing that I've just actually looked at signing up for, which is sort of similar. Where it's this company that um, I saw on Instagram, so you know it's official. <laughs> and this company <laughs> will pick a holiday for you. You tell them how many days, and they will pick an adventure for you. And they said they'll take you to a city that you've never been to before. Oh, so you have to tell amazing. them which ones not to go. And, but they won't tell you where until the day that you're flying. So you wow. fly in the afternoon, you have to pack in the morning. And it looks I've quite good. Before, actually, uh,
2: when I was in the States, I took a few flights where I just walked in because someone said it's fun, just go and buy a ticket to a random place. Yeah,
0: so I want to do that.
2: just sort of jump around a little bit there for fun. But now when I get got home from there, I decided that every now and then when I want to travel and I don't know where, because that's what stops me from traveling sometimes, mm. i all these places too many choices so i just drive to the road and flip a coin is heads is left and tails is right that's
0: amazing that's so cool after five clips five later you kind of figure out where you're going <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. see that's something i'd love to try when things open up because you really haven't got that problem of too many opportunities at the moment and <laughs> uh, we're like living in the reverse side now but when things open up yeah, i'd love very... to do something like that very confined. How are you guys
2: going over there for all of this uh, side? Are you guys out and free and traveling much locally and
0: being out um, and about, or is it still trapped inside? It's slowly opening up. Uh, to be fair, I've made the most of it since it's been opening up. You're now allowed to meet out with friends, um, for, like from two households. But like we've been in like a pretty harsh lockdown sit for the last four and a half months, where you literally can't do anything. In stretch
2: i do have some friends over there that i said they did mention like the amount of time that they've spent in and they're allowed an hour i think one of them to go out and get stuff and i mean converted; yeah. you don't need to introverse any further
0: <laughs> Well,
1: I just, try, you, I just try to be creative like well like when just like one friend is over we had once another party was singing on the sofa Abba songs the whole night, then with uh, another friend, we acted as if we were going out. And we kind of had, like, in the good old days when we were younger, you know, partying Fridays and Saturdays and stuff like that. So we got, like, ready to party and get really dressed up with high heels in my room. And then we went to the club, the bathroom, and had a bathtub party. (laughs) We were just, like, sitting in the bathtub, like, for hours and singing karaoke songs (laughs) with my iPad on the toilet. (laughs) Pardon?
2: (laughs) five years ago i can't wait to see the party we have in five years was like
1: so funny (laughs) I, i was actually she was like oh hannah i don't think that is a good idea and then afterwards she was like oh my god we need to do this again and then i had like this confetti bomb and i like opened kind of used it in the bathtub as well and then like the whole bathroom was full of confetti and there was like a bottle of prosecco like in the bathtub as well it was like fun so you just need to get a little bit creative i guess but yeah that's what you can do
2: oh, look, I, agree. I agree definitely i mean there is there's definitely more than one way to entertain yourself that's for sure more than one way it's gonna care <laughs> now, now there's
0: a german person. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, Hannah, the cat's a take. the cat's That
2: was <laughs> probably the story I should have told you guys, the Monopoly game between a British friend, an American friend, an older German guy that I don't call a friend anymore. And uh, someone from possibly the Ukraine, I think, it was one of those countries that like to hide and not tell us. And it was a very cliche, typical game, but without being too rough, the German did try and dominate the game at the end and kind of turn us all into, like, real But He was mean. Is very, very serious about playing that game. He really wanted to Monopoly.
0: This is the film claim Monopoly with strangers. Monopoly is like, Monopoly was literally built for friends to destroy each other, like in well, that's real
2: the thing. life. And we just put borders between for all these other countries that had no issues, and
0: then we realized
2: that was probably a bad idea. Just watch the Monopoly when you're traveling at Backpackers, guys. It can cause all sorts of small wars <laughs>
1: Do you actually like there's a thing going on at the moment, like with the Monopoly guy? People remember him wearing like this glass on the one side. Yeah, but he's actually not wearing it. I think it's called Mandela effect or something like that. That you remind something, um, but it's actually not happening. Same with the Pikachu. People remember Pikachu having like a black end at his tail, but he actually doesn't. And then people saying this Mondana effect means that we switch to another dimension.
2: But, like, I also do know enough about the, like, sort of mental side to know that our memory can make mistakes and trick us as well. And a lot of these things are like optical illusions, you know. Some some of these things are very explainable unless you don't Google it and believe that you're actually in a different dimension.
1: Yeah, but it's, like, so sick that so many people, like, including me, and... Terran apparently as well because he's yeah, like just looking look for, for a it
0: shot.
1: yeah but it's like yeah, like so many people remembering it, it that, that he's wearing also with Kit Kat like a lot of people remember like the, like there's like this line in between it but it's actually not and I feel like it's so awkward that so many people like remembering it that way yeah, both wait,
2: are cool. my
0: childhood? <laughs> <laughs> like, not yeah,
2: too much. Like, like really too. They, they mentioned a couple of my cartoons, like heroes, and said, "Oh, did you know blah?" I'm like, "Don't talk anymore." <laughs> 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 it's like one of my bright, funny days as a child. Now it's a cloudy, weird, dark one. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> it was only a cartoon, but come on. <laughs> See, no cartoons are everything. When you again? Yes. No, I'm with you, Taryn, no, I'm with you on that for sure. I love the shirt, by the way. The teddy bears are awesome.
0: Oh, Thank you very much. This is my um, fake Machino shirt. It, it came from China and it cost £5 like four years ago. It's one of my favourite shirts. Um, it's just so really lovely. Yeah. That's good. yeah
1: <laughs> so I think that's about it for today's episode. Thank you so much eh, for joining us on this podcast, I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope you come back at some point and then we can talk about your albums and your music. Maybe you've been to Peru already, so excited to hear everything about it. We will definitely link your Instagram account and Facebook account on our uh, page as well, so people can follow your journey and listen to your music.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much Keep for coming up. on. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's been
2: an honor um, and yeah, A lot of fun, actually. It's been a while since we spoke.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed it a lot.
2: And big shout-outs to everyone that has encouraged and supported this. I'll be very active this year. They know what's behind a lot of it, why I've been a little bit uh, sluggish besides, you know, the rest of the stuff that has happened with life. But, yeah, big thank you to all of you guys, and you two especially as well. Um, This is kind of that networking that artists and other people that are doing creative things kind of do need to do every now and then. It's
0: Yeah, put it out there. Awesome. Oh, thank you. You're Honestly, thank welcome. you for coming on. Yeah. It's great to hear from your like very unique experiences because it sounds fascinating what you're doing. Yes, uh, it actually it gets me going sometimes. It's how I call it unique
2: and fascinating sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is. It's wonderful. I do really enjoy it. I joke about it a lot, but um, you know, hard days are hard days. You have them with whatever you're doing. But yeah, it's, it's worth it. But yeah, and in the future,
0: um, I'd be happy to, yeah. I'm to do another cast
1: sometime. Yeah, for sure. You're welcome anytime.
0: Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the Plan Y podcast. My name is Taryn.
1: And my name is Hannah.
0: And my name is Shay. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. We love you. Bye, bye, bye. guys. Thank you.
3: Take it for a big jet plane. Gonna take it for a big jet plane. Gonna take it for a big jet plane. Gonna take it for a big jet plane. long road, no street lights just a couple of trees, you can probably see the wallabies bounding around in their brunt coats. Most days walk the whole way home with a jig in my step nothing but the air in my lungs feeling my breath singing the songs that I wrote in my head and every now and then when I look up at the sky I can see a bar fly I begin to daydream think about my wingspan, chase the sound around so it's summertime. No wonder why people get stuck in the same place. Probably thinking about what they say. I'll fuck it. Take but a bite. humble pie. Don't worry about what they think. I'll take you for a ride on a big jet plane. Gonna take you for a ride on a big jet plane. Take you for a ride on a big jet plane. Take you for a ride. Hey hey Hey